So I read that um, from the Dhammapada. That was my planned reading for today. And um, I also wanted to contrast it with Proverbs 23. When you sit down with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you. And put a knife to your throat if you are a man given to appetite. Do not desire his delicacies, for they are deceptive food. Do not overwork to be rich because of your own understanding. Cease. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an, evil, like an eagle toward heaven. Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. The morsel you have eaten will sicken you. Your pleasant words wasted. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. So there are two things that we're talking about today. And when I sat down to pray this morning, um, I couldn't stop crying, but I kept thinking about how I was going to do today because I have to acknowledge this pain. And I looked at my um, sermon outline, which I made on Thursday, and I thought, yeah, we're, it's going to have a little bit of a different bent, but it works. So there's two things we're talking about here. We're talking about, or there's three things, beware of others who act one way and do a different thing. That's hypocrisy. Also, beware of our own hypocrisy. Because everything, you read the Bible, it's not about us and them. It's all about us. It's always about us. Everything, every story interpreted metaphysically can be taken as a lesson to us. And so we're not just pointing fingers at another's hypocrisy. We're looking at our own. And then the other thing is what the Buddha says, our life is shaped by our mind. We become what we think. What we think. Just as in, um, I'm, I'm going to read a little bit of the King James Version, if I can find where I put it. Um, in Proverbs 23, Eagles, uh, I'm sorry, will thou set them their, uh, thine eyes on which is not? For riches certainly, oh, it's, I'm just going to breathe for a second. I'm not going to read it. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's the part that I was getting to, and I couldn't find it on the page because I put several translations in there. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's exactly what the Buddha said. If you think, he attacked me, he robbed me. And you dwell on that thought, then sorrow and suffering will follow you like an oxen drawing, like, like the cart following an oxen. And if you do not dwell on such thoughts, if you dwell on thoughts of purpose, joy and love then you will not have that suffering you will have joy that follows you like a shadow 
right? You can take a cart away from an oxen, but you cannot get away from your own shadow. If you don't believe me, watch Peter Pan. Can't get away from your own shadow. So beware others that first discern character, look at who to trust. That's what's in there. That's what it says in Proverbs. When someone's words don't match their actions or their demeanor doesn't match their words, if someone says, sure, I love you, come on in. Listen to your own heart rather than the words that are said by another. If you do not trust those words, then act accordingly. Doesn't mean you can't sit down to dinner with him, as it says in Proverbs, but don't fill yourself with what he serves. And that food, food in the Bible and, and everywhere is not just about nourishing the body, it's about nourishing the mind, nourishing the soul, nourishing the heart. So we have to be careful about what food we are taking in. My understanding was that this young man who perpetrated the shooting, and it was two years ago, so he was 16 at the time, he's 18 now, but two years ago, he was stuck at home because of COVID, and he was bored, and he found a website that told him that he was more important than anybody else. He found a website that constantly streamed information to him that said, you get to love people who look like you, and you don't have to love anybody who doesn't look like you. And as a matter of fact, they're after you. They want to replace you. I just need a moment to laugh that a white man <laughs> is afraid of being downtrodden in this world. But that was what the message he was being fed. And we can do what we do, which is say, where were the parents? Why weren't they watching what he was watching on his computer? And that is true. But we also have to say, where was I? When hatred was being streamed from that platform, was I streaming love to the best degree that I can? We ask that question because it's hypocrisy to look for blame outside ourselves. And it doesn't mean that you have to take the blame, not at all. Blame is not what it's about at all. Everything that I teach up here is not about blame. It's about what can I do? Because guess who you can control? Nobody except your own thoughts. And it's, if you've been trying, you know, it's really hard to control your own thoughts. It's not just a decision. Well, I'm not going to have that thought anymore. Uh, the ice cream keeps calling from the freezer. No matter how often you tell yourself, I'm not, I'm not going to listen to that thought anymore. The thoughts come. The thoughts will come. Thoughts that you really don't like about yourself will come. And that's okay. Because you get to counter it with another thought. You get to replace it with something else. When the, ice, when the ice cream calls, which is really your head going, don't you want some ice cream? Wouldn't that make you feel good right now? You can counter it with, yeah, it would make me feel good for the however many seconds it takes me to gobble the ice cream. And then I will not feel good about it. And I especially will not feel good about it when I know that it's affecting my health 
on a long-term basis. Now maybe ice cream, I'm not saying ice cream is bad, I'm just saying if you don't want to eat ice cream and you find yourself eating it, it's because you're listening to a thought that doesn't serve you and you don't have to follow that thought. You can follow up that thought with a different thought. And that's really the basis of new thought. I mean, the Buddha said it. It's not a new thought, y'all. The Buddha said it 500 years before Christ. It's not a new thought. If you have the thought, fine. But what are you going to sit down with? I like to say you, you can't control the thought coming into your head, but you don't have to make it a cup of tea and spend the afternoon with it. Right? You don't have to nurse it. You don't have to carry it around with you to the grocery store and everywhere else you go that day. You can say, I don't want this thought. You don't even, I mean, you can use a denial like that, but it's, I think it's more effective to say, um, I choose to, I'm using the ice cream metaphor again, I choose to love my body today. And today, I happen to know that the reason I want ice cream is because I am emotionally upset, not because I really desire ice cream. I'm trying to fix something that hurts in me. And how can I fix the thing that hurts in me without also hurting myself? Follow that thought. Follow that thought where it takes you, where those thoughts take me. And what my prayer was all morning was, what is mine to do? What is mine to do? What is mine to do? And here's the thing. You pray that prayer, you can make that your mantra, but then you have to shut up and listen to what is mine to do. So... People can, uh, Jesus said a very similar thing to what Solomon said, or supposedly it was King Solomon in Proverbs. He said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. He said, you will know them by their fruits. You will know them by what they produce. Because an apple tree will never produce an orange. It will be true to its roots. And so, where are you rooted? What are you rooted in? This is, again, it's about looking about what other people seem to be rooted in and deciding whether that's something you want to be around. And here's the thing. I get asked this question a lot, and people in my Wednesday class know that I harp on it a lot. You can trust everybody in the world to do what they've shown you they will do. When people say, oh, but I trusted him and he betrayed my trust. Well, what was your trust based on? Wishful thinking? Did you ignore a pattern that's been going on and on and think that this time it was going to be different? That, Einstein said, is the definition of, a, of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And I want to say that doesn't mean that people can't change. It doesn't mean you don't give people a chance. It means you step back and you watch because the words I am changing mean absolutely nothing. But a change in heart is something that you will be able to see over time by the fruits of it. The words are not the fruits. The actions are the fruits. 
And the consequences of those actions are the fruits. So you can pay attention to that. And you can trust your gut if you promise to yourself that you're not listening to your wishful thinking. That's another thought. I wish, I wish, I wish he would. I wish she would. I wish they would. We have no power over that. But what we can say is, no, what is, what is he, what is she, what are they in my observation? Face the truth and then say, and now what is mine to do about it? Sometimes the answer is nothing. Nothing I can do. Those people are going to do what those people are going to do. But once again, you ask the question and then you listen for the answer because you may get a different answer if you sit with the question. And then, we, if when we don't follow up the answers that we get, we are the ones sliding into hypocrisy, which is the next thing I want to talk about. Believe and listen and trust the heart because it shapes the, the heart, shapes the thinking, the thinking shapes the actions, the actions shape reality. But also, Doing something different in the outer can bring on a change of heart, which can bring on a change of thinking, which can bring on a change of action, which can bring on a change of reality. Do you get it, that it's this circle? And it doesn't really matter where you break into the circle. In my experience, just break into the circle. Doesn't matter where. Change the thought, change the action, change the heart. Some of them are easier than others. Some people have a change of heart that happens in an instant. And some people have a change of heart that happens over many years and gets realized one day. So we have to, people can, people can mask who they are. They can bury who they are. They can pretend, they can act. Let me say, I can mask who I am. I can bury it. I can pretend I can act as if. But some part of me knows who I am. And so I need to do everything I possibly can to make who I am as a human being match the reality of who I am as a child of God, as a being of light, as love in expression in the world, however you want to say it. And so what happens is I have to start looking at my motivations. We don't know others' motivations. We get gut feelings about whether we want to follow something or not. But if we ask the questions enough, we will come to know our own motivations. And when, so our motivation for action, and I'm going to share another quote from Jesus, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. What that means is you can do everything you want to in public, but your higher self knows your BS. And so check in with your higher self. In 12-step, they call that rigorous honesty. Check in with yourself rigorously and often and often. Y'all, I got to tell you that as a preacher, <laughs> 
I have to ask myself this question over and over and over and over again, sometimes many times a day, definitely every time I get up here, every time I sit down to write a sermon, every time I sit down to write a letter or respond to a person or teach a class, why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I really here? Why am I really here? And then follow that to the best of my ability. That's all I can do. I don't have to do better than human, but I can do my best as a human to let the love that is the truth of who I am shine through me at every moment. But the first step is to look, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Did I say that to get her to like me? Because I have no control whether she likes me or not. And if, I, if it's not real, what I just did or what I just said, then even if she does like me, she's liking what I put out there, not who I am. You see how this works? When we make a production, any kind of production, and yes, that is ego, and yes, as humans, I don't think we're here to get rid of our egos. I think we are here to take our egos out of the driver's seat Put them in the passenger seat and let soul lead them around because the ego does sort of, as your body keeps all your organs from falling out, I think your ego keeps, you know, you a discreet individual in this world. And until we're ready to just go into nirvana or bliss or ascend or whatever you want to call it, then it's, then it's okay. We're here to individuate. Why would we be here if we weren't here to individuate? Why would we be individuals? We are, and it's okay. But when ego sits in the driver's seat, it is very dangerous to us and to others. And I will posit this for you. Every single person that we abhor, that tells lies, politicians, Hitler, whoever else you want to mention in your head, is acting from a lie that they have told themselves and worked really hard to believe. You have to shush your higher self if you're going to do evil in the world. And I use evil as the Buddha used it, as something that's not pure, as something that's not the truth of who you are. Not evil as in you're going to hell because you're bad. It might mean you're living in hell right now because you don't know who you are. Which is why as I pray for the victims in Buffalo, I pray for the perpetrator because he does not know who he is. He does not know who he is and if he did, he could never do such a thing. And I have to pray for the people who perpetuated whatever it was he was watching and being indoctrinated with on his computer because they don't know who they are. They've made, you talk about putting on a mask, they've made a big, giant, tough, scary mask. But who they are is, is tiny inside there, a voice that they won't listen to. Now our higher self is not tiny, but we can make it tiny in our experience when we don't listen to it. And why don't we listen to it? Sometimes we're afraid to listen to it. We're afraid to believe that we're actually good. 
okay, I'm going to take this to a different place. I've used the Bible, both the Hebrew Bible and the Christian Bible and the Dhammapada, words of the Buddha. Now I'm going to take you to another scripture from Disney. <laughs> we just watched this movie called um, Bad Guys. Anybody seen it? It's a Disney movie, and it's about all these animals who are bad. There's a wolf, and there's a snake, and there's a piranha, and there's a shark. And they are the bad guys. They rob, they steal, they don't care, you know, who they hurt. They are doing their thing, and they're very much a collective. And it is revealed throughout the course of the movie. I'm sorry, you'll know this within the first few minutes, so I'm not, I don't think this is a spoiler. It is revealed throughout the movie that because they had the face of a wolf or the face of a snake or the face of a piranha, every time they stepped out their door, they were greeted by people who had a stereotyped idea of who they were. No one ever told them you could be good. People ran in fear, screaming, because they believed that they were bad. Now, y'all, this isn't about piranhas and wolves. This is about us. This is about us. And if we're afraid to believe in our goodness, then we will not be able to cultivate it. And so I won't say that. We can, but we have to begin to work to conquer the fear at every moment, the fear. Our stories what stories are you repeating? Who are you trying to impress? These are the questions we ask about our own motivations. Who are you trying to impress? What's the reason behind that? But also, what story am I carrying? Am I still carrying the story that says, I'm like this because my parents were like they were, and I was abused? So who can expect me to be okay? okay, there's some truth in that. And if you want to stick with that story, you can keep yourself feeling abused for the rest of your life. But if you want to face the truth, allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to see further into it, then you can change that. You can't change the, the abuse that happened, but you can be informed by it in this world, and you can be of use to other people who have experienced abuse. Y'all, that's what my whole career is about. What have I gone through that I can now use to help someone else who might be going through something similar? That's, that's all it is, really. You know, I've done some reading. <laughs> But as a minister, that's, what's, that's what I see as mine to do. How can I help? How can I bring love to places that aren't feeling love? How can I help? And so we start to notice the stories we're telling because our lives are shaped by our minds. That's what the Buddha said. That's what Solomon said. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. When Jesus said, a wolf in sheep's clothing, he wasn't saying, watch out for other people. I mean, he was a little bit, but he was saying, what are you wearing? Is the clothing that you're wearing reflecting who you really are? Are you wearing sheep's clothing, and are you feeling like a wolf inside? I think some people feel like a sheep inside, and so they wear wolf's clothing, because that keeps everybody away. You wear the wolf's clothing, then people are going to avoid you. 
And sometimes that's what we want because of our fear of knowing how beautiful we really are, the love that we really are. We're afraid of that. We're afraid of that. So once again, our life is shaped by our mind. We become what we think. And Paul said in Romans, the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by, governed by the spirit is life and peace. So what are you carrying around with you today? What stories are you perpetuating? What are you telling other people? More importantly, what are you telling yourself? And if you can use your story as a way to show people that there's a way out of that story, then awesome. I'm not telling you to forget your story. By golly, you came through that story and you learned or you can learn what you need to learn from it and you deserve the credit for that. And you get to change the story from here on out. And you still get to use the story to help people not to give yourself an excuse for why you are as you are. And sometimes the first step in that is to recognize the abuse and then say, that's why I am like I am. And then it's like, oh, so that's why I am like I am. And I'm no longer in that situation. So I can be other than what I have been. You have to face the truth first. The truth will set you free. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. That's another thing that Jesus said. So, the last thing I will say today is that in order to do any of this, in order to change your own thoughts, you have to face your own thoughts. In order to change how you operate in the world around other people, you have to change your own thoughts, which means that you first have to confront what those thoughts are. And that means being vulnerable. So I could have given the sermon today without even mentioning or thinking about what happened in America yesterday. but I am choosing to allow myself to be vulnerable to the pain of that. Because I think that's more helpful. I know it's more helpful. I didn't wear makeup today because I knew I was going to cry. Cried all morning. And my prayer is, what is mine to do? What's the one change I can make that might help? Maybe not help Buffalo. Maybe that's not what you're meant to do. Maybe not help um, racism. I, I don't know what is yours to do. All I can ask is what is mine to do and then be vulnerable enough to listen to the answer even if it's one that I kind of don't want. Even if it's one that makes me do something I'm uncomfortable doing. I hate that. But here's the thing I'm going to tell you about that. God will never ask you. Spirit will never ask you to do something that's not within your gifts. So if you're trying to change the world by doing something that you don't know how to do, that you don't want to do, that you are not that makes you uncomfortable, but that feels completely out of your wheelhouse, then probably you're trying to do what someone else is doing or what someone else is telling you to do rather than listening to the voice within yourself about what is yours to do. Because I have found that... 
What is mine to do always follows my gifts. And so you have to get real about what your gifts are. And perhaps about what they're not. And a gift doesn't mean, I mean, there are, it, it may be that what you're called to do requires some education in order to do it. That doesn't mean it's not your gift. So we have to get real about what that is. Because the first thing I thought of when I read that story this morning was, again, again still? And the second thing was, I started thinking of the people in my life who I know are suffering, and I started praying for them. I included myself in that prayer. And then I sat myself down in a chair and said, what is mine to do? And I am getting some answers. And they're not ones that I particularly want. But when I'm honest with myself, they do follow my gifts. So I'm asking you, for your own sake, for the ability to see the love and the beauty that is already inside of you, not that's already inside of you, that already is you, who you are. Get real. Notice when other people are being real and when they're not, and don't subject yourself to other people's unreality. Be so strong in your own reality that you attract others who have that reality too. Spend time with them. Spend time with the people who are telling the true stories. Become one of the people who is telling the true stories. Four, our life is shaped by our mind. We become what we think. Thank you.